welcome to Fiercely Freelance, the podcast for freelancers and service pros who want simplified business strategies that take the guesswork out of freelancing. I'm Sills Lockley, former freelancer and agency owner turned coach and business strategist. I help freelancers and service pros who want to step away from a life on Upwork and Fiverr and hustling on hourly rates and discover the art of doing less, earning more and falling back in love with their business. Here on Fiercely Freelance, you can expect snappy strategies for business success in bite-sized weekly episodes, as well as guest interviews from experts and other freelancers. So forget YouTube or Googling, I'm here to give you the validation and support to help you feel more confident and in control as a business owner. This show is the business therapy you never knew you needed. Hello, hello, love. Welcome back to the show. So um, thanks so much, by the way, for all of you who've sent me an email recently. I've had a few emails recently about people loving the podcast. I also get lovely DMs about this, but they're coming through on the email now, which is, oh, it's really nice. I really love receiving those. Thank you so much for all the love. And if you do really find that this show, whether you're a new listener or you've been here a while, is helping you in your business and is giving you life and is giving you confidence, like you're telling me, then I would love if you could just take a second to rate and review the podcast if you listen on Apple. That would mean so much to me because it definitely makes a difference to where this podcast gets seen and heard. So if you do love it and you want to give me back some love, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. All right, let's get into today's episode, which is 10 offer strategy mistakes to avoid. Now, as you know, I am the offer strategy queen. This is my jam. I absolutely could talk about it all day, every day. And this is why I just think this episode is actually one of the best episodes I've ever recorded because I know that everything in here is going to give you, well, I basically should be charging for this episode. Like this is a lot of value. This is a lot of like my deep strategy that I'm going to be sharing with you today because I just think it's so important that you know this stuff. And so when you come and work with me, that you know that we are going to be working on some really exciting and nitty gritty parts of maybe the struggle around offers, maybe the reasons why your offers aren't quite hitting the mark. Maybe that feeling of like, I really, you know, I know like I like what I'm offering, but like, I'm not sure it's working for me or like, I'm not really selling it enough or I don't feel confident about selling it because I feel like it's a bit wishy-washy, whatever the reason. And you know, generally what happens is people will go ahead and create services and packages, um, but they don't necessarily have all the elements in place to make them work and really make them sing. So this episode is all about helping you unpick any of the mistakes that might be happening within your offer street, offer street, (laughs) that might be happening within your offer suite and your offer strategy. And if you're listening and you're like, Seals, what the fuck are you talking about? Let's just define what that actually is. So your offer suite is the selection of products and services that you offer to clients that you sell. They're usually packaged up by an experience in an experience and there'll be a set scope of work for each of them and a set price. This is different to offering a retainer or bespoke retainer, sorry, and a piece of work that maybe is priced individually. These are packages. And I really believe that the most transformative way to make money in business as a service provider is to move to a value-based pricing system where you have an offer suite and those offers are tiered as well. So you give people different ways of accessing working with you and different types of experiences. 
offer strategy is what I teach, which is how to make this whole offer suite work for you and how to build it, how to create it, how to design it, how to get all the elements right, how to make it work in terms of marketing and sales, and also how to make it work right for your clients. Most importantly, because of course, if they don't want to, if they don't like what you're selling, then you're not going to sell it. Um, I also teach underneath all of that, which actually is more important than the client stuff, how to create an offer strategy, which really plays into your personal needs. So it starts with what you want, what you enjoy, and your zone of genius as well. Okay. So let's talk about some of these mistakes. So number one, you're selling skills, not experiences. So at the moment, your offer suite or your packages might just be skills. So for example, if one of your packages is email newsletters, that's a skill. That's a that's not an experience. That's simply you're selling email newsletter production, right? And also the way to think about this is if your package could be basically picked up by any other freelancer or service provider and sold by them. So it doesn't differentiate you. It doesn't feel specialized into your clients' needs and wants. It's simply just a skill. And I see a lot of freelancers doing this and service providers doing this because you know, it's like, we don't know. We don't know this shit, right? We don't learn this in like business school, but this is a really, really common mistake. You're starting with the skill. So you're selling the skill. Maybe it's SEO, maybe it's copywriting, maybe it's blog writing, but that is not a package. That is a skill. So what we want to move to is an experience. An experience is a really well thought out transformation, right? It has a transformation within it. So we're not just selling four blogs a month. We're thinking about what is the experience. We're going to take that idea of copywriting for blogs a month. And we're going to make it a bit more sexy. Like we need to make this an experience because there are millions of other people selling blog writing out there. So how can you add more to it? How can you give it some depth? How can you show that you're an expert who understands this process and give your client the process and the experience that they absolutely need to get that transformation, to get that result? The second mistake I see, which is very common, And I have been guilty of it in the past as well, because, you know, hello, little inner people pleaser. Sometimes she creeps out. She she says hello. She pops her head out. If you are a people pleaser, you're going to be susceptible to this. It's it's just who we are. It's how we've been conditioned. But just notice it. This is what I call value stuffing. So if you're a people pleaser, you're going to feel a need, a constant need and a constant pull to offer your clients lots of stuff within your offers. So your packages, basically when I see this happening, the packages are very stuffed full of stuff. (laughs) That's really great English, isn't it? Stuffed full of stuff. But they are, they are overly like kind of, there is a sort of bloat to them, right? The the packages are bloaty. They are, um, they're too heavy. There's too much going on. And what this does is it actually dilutes the, um, the kind of, the value. It actually, it's weird. You think, oh, okay, right. If I add more stuff in like extra calls or extra little bits of strategy or extra little tools or worksheets or whatever, that's going to make this really valuable. But actually it dilutes the value because it takes away from actually what the client is looking for and needs, which is to be very specific about what the transformation is. So have a look at your packages. If you have literally promise them the moon on a stick, then you might want to look at that and take some stuff out. And the other problem with value stuffing as well is it then creates a massive scope of work for you and 
basically what, what I teach in my uh, container uh, Office Suite Oracle, whether you work with me VIP or in the group, I teach you how to find the value in your services and to charge the right way. So we'll actually figure out a kind of rate that should be reflected in your scopes of work. And if you're working too much, like if your price doesn't reflect how much time it's taking, then that's going to mean you're losing money, basically. So we figure that out, we get that number, and then we know based on the kind of time it takes and all lots of other things, we look at whether that price is reflective of actually what you want to be making in terms of your overall income. So it's super, super important that you don't value stuff. Number three, too many offers. So your offer suite is like, whoa, it's like big. It's like a whole menu. You know, when you go to those restaurants and they give you the menu and you're like, okay, I'm totally overwhelmed by how much choice there is here. There's burgers, there's salads, there's wraps, there's chips, there's like traditional dishes. There's also like curries. There's, oh my God, I literally, it makes me panic. I'm like, I can't choose. I'm just going to have to shut my eyes and point to something because there's too much choice. So when we give people too much choice, it's overwhelming and they're much less likely to choose a thing because they're just going to not really know which one is right for us. And also weirdly, what this does for you, if you are the owner or the proprietor of too many offers, you're going to constantly overthink and question your business because there's too much going on. So you're going to be constantly going, oh, should I be doing that? Oh, should I be doing that? Oh no, the client wants this, the client wants that. So the reason, the kind of result of why you have too many offers is because you have, again, been a bit people pleasing with how you have designed your offer suite. So you've gone ahead and thought of pretty much everything your clients possibly want or have requested in the past and created a package for it. You don't need to do that. That is, it's okay. We, we can like break this down. We can rejig this. It's totally possible. We can get you to a place where you have fewer offers and a more minimal offer strategy and offer suite which allows you to make the same amount of money and have the same amount of impact, but not be doing all the things, right? Okay, number four, too much variety. Now this is different from too many offers. So quantity is a problem because it's overwhelming, but too much variety is also a problem. And what I mean, sorry, in terms of the variety is that you have offered a great range of different things. So you haven't specialized. Now, If you know me, you know I'm such a fan of a deep work approach. So, you becoming the expert in one thing, whether that's an industry or a particular skill or a particular crossover of an industry and a skill, that is when variety becomes a problem. So, if you haven't got that and you're trying to be all things to all people, so for example, you're offering a lot of like what I would call like generalist marketing services. That can be a problem for really kind of selling, uh, making an impact because there's too much to choose from. But also for you as the person delivering it, it's too much for one person to do. And I have this theory because I've done this because I am a generalist marketer and I have always done marketing in my career. And I set up a freelance marketing consultancy many years ago that when you offer so many different types of marketing services, It basically kind of means that you end up working with lots and lots of clients who expect you to be their marketing manager. So you end up being like a marketing manager to like 10 people and you're absolutely like rushed off your feet and you're always, always chasing your tail. And that's kind of just my belief about generalist marketers. Like some people like being generalist marketers 
But in order to do that, you do have to still have a specialism, which is a, probably a topic for another day. But anyway, you get my drift. Too much variety, too many different things, too many different types of services, different ways of doing things, too much. And this also goes for things like having like, like a really like crazy mix of like passive and like a course. And I've, done, I've got a program, I've got this and I've got a that. And, you know, you don't need to do all those things. Like, you know, especially if you're a service provider, you really can just focus on doing a few different things really, really well instead of many, many things mediocrely. Is that even a word? In my early freelancing days, I remember feeling very cut off from other people and just not having the support that I needed to grow my business. Do you know what? I wish I'd really had access to the Lonely Girls Work From Home Club from Flow State Creative. As well as being this month's sponsor on the podcast, they're the Work From Home Girl Gang that you've been wishing for. Via their online co-working sessions, coffee catch-ups and in-person events, you can say goodbye to loneliness and hello to light and laughter. Now here's the deal. They only open their doors to new members a handful of times a year and they're accepting new members right now. So if you've been missing a sense of community in your freelance journey, this is your chance to meet and connect with other freelance women who just get it. I'm also officially joining as a lonely girl this month, so I will see you there. You can click the link in the show notes now to sign up to the Lonely Girls Work From Home Club and use the code SEALS20 for 20% off your three-month membership. That's SEALS20 for 20% off. Check it out in the show notes now. Their doors are closing again very soon. Number five. Offers that cannibalize each other. So let's talk about kind of the, so the offer strategy I always teach is that each of your offers needs to be giving your clients something completely different. So rather than having three offers that basically do the same thing, but at different price points, you want to be giving people different, completely different experiences through the line of your offers. So starting from, from the lowest point, the lowest price point, that offer needs to, for example, if you're an email marketer, the first offer, the lowest priced offer maybe is a strategy call. And that's, you know, that's, that's such and such price, maybe like 300 pounds or 500 pounds, right? That is not the same as then another strategy call or strategy experience. You don't want to be offering strategy in like 10 different ways at different price points because people will always go for the cheap one because they'll be like, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to get some strategy for this cheap price. What you want to do is have a different type of then step in your process. So for example, if you do an audit for clients, then offer an audit package, then the next package along from that might actually be the implementation package. So you're breaking down your process and offering different parts of the process as experiences, as packages, rather than actually giving people basically the same thing for lots of different prices, which is, as I say, it cannibalizes uh, the, you know, the more expensive offers are cannibalized by the cheaper offers. Number six, pricing based on assumptions. This is a, this is a big one. This is like, I spend a lot of time talking about this with clients and like coaching them out of this kind of money mindset stuff. But basically our money mindset, if it's a bit shit and trust me, it, mine has been, but it's now, it's now in a good place. But um, when I used to really have a crap relationship with money, I assumed so much about other people's money situations. Um, so I used to think that, you know, people couldn't afford me or people would think I'm too expensive or people wouldn't pay my price because it was too much or that they wouldn't see the value in my pricing and therefore they, you know, they would complain or they'd want a discount or whatever. And I used to let people have discounts all the time. And I used to give them loads of free stuff and blah, blah, blah. So the problem with... Uh, 
pricing that is based on assumptions is it doesn't accurately, effectively, and you know, realistically um, reflect your value. And this goes back to what I was saying before about what we work on in Office Suite Oracle in the container. We work on pricing in a really strategic way. So we're not just like finger in the air. How much is that going to be? Like, yes, we start with what feels good for you. Like I'll say to you, I'll literally say to you like, okay, so for this package, we've just designed together and scoped out together. What price feels really good for you right now? And you'll say to me, okay, like 750. And then I'll say, right, let's make sure that that reflects what you want to earn, but also whether that value is reflected in that package. Because I'm then going back through the package. They said, they've said 750 and I'm going back through the package. And I'm like, babe, this, this package is like, so it's like a 1500 or a 2000 package. Like if you look at the value, so we don't just look at like, oh, how long is this going to take? Yes, we do look at the time, but we also look at lots of other things as well. So if we only price based on an assumption of what other people can afford or what other people are charging, it's just not going to be accurate. So it's really important to do this stuff right. And then, you know, you like feel really good when you're like quoting your price. You're like, yes, it is £3,000 because it's fucking amazing. And it's got like all this value. And like, you know, when you look at the ROI or you look at the way that they're like going to get that experience with you or how much time they're going to get one-on-one with you, you're like, oh yeah, actually that price is really, really good. So never price based on assumptions. Never assume what is in other people's purses or pockets because it is a dangerous road to tread and leads you well, basically it leads to you to making less money, which is not good, right? Number seven, offers with no boundaries. So you've got this lovely package that you've set up and a client comes to you and says, hey, I'm really interested in this offer, but, and there's a but, I really like this social media package you're offering, but could you please also do me, I don't know, an, an additional report a month and a call? Um, but I've only got um, I've only got as much as the package. I've only got like, say the package is £3,000 or £2,000. I've only got £2,000. So um, could you just throw those in? And what happens is that beautiful offer that you've spent so long curating, creating and curating and strategizing and planning to, you know, the perfect kind of price point to make you the money and to give the client the result is meddled with. And when you've got no boundaries around your offers, you're going to let them fall into kind of being bespoke by the client, which is so annoying, right? When you think about it, it's really annoying. You're like, why am I letting them do this? Like, why, why can I not just like say, no, this is the offer. This is the package. If you don't like it, you're going to have to pay more. But we, again, people pleasing, we, we will say, oh no, it's fine. Yes, of course I can add those in for you because we really want to win the business or whatever. But, but it is so important that you don't let your offers be basically meddled with or changed by clients requesting random other things or changing the scope or changing the price. So set really strong boundaries around your offers. And it really is my belief that if a client comes to you and doesn't respect your process and understand your process and understand your price and appreciate your price and really think your price is great, then they're not the client for you. Controversial, but that's what I believe. Number eight, it's got a boring name or all of the offers have boring names. And this is, this sounds really like, like fluffy, like in the world of marketing, like names are fluffy, but this is actually really, really, really important. So this comes back to kind of brand strategy. And when I say brand strategy, I don't mean your logo. I mean, your brand voice. I mean, your strategy with your messaging and how your brand sounds and how you speak. So if you're naming your packages, you really need to think about making sure they reflect 
your messaging. They reflect who you are and what you stand for and your brand overall. Because brand, of course, isn't what you think it is. It's what everyone else thinks of you. So it's their perception of you. So if you want to be known for something, you have to make sure that comes across in your messaging and your offer names are your messaging. They will tell your clients everything about who you are and what you do and how, what kind of vibe you roll on. Okay. So make sure those names are exciting, interesting. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that we look at in, in Office Suite Oracle about this. I feel like I keep mentioning that, but I really want you to know, like, if you're struggling with these things, we can solve them together. But all of those naming kind of like, I don't know what the fuck to call this package. We've got like a whole matrix with like different examples and a way for you to pull in those names. So it gets, you know, gets you to the destination of having a name that feels really good. And also my belief is that names should be, you know, short, sweet, but also include the transformation that you're giving your clients as well. So it's not just a name that maybe, you know, does what it says on the tin, that there's a real sense of occasion and experience about that name. Right. So I really think that if you have boring offer names, that can affect how you sell them and how you feel about them as well. Number nine, there is no authority. There is no authority in what you're selling. So if your offers are a bit wishy washy and you've not necessarily spent the time honing them, understanding your the way that they relate back to your clients and also how you feel about them, like you need to feel really good about them, then you won't come across as an authority or an an expert. Like, I want to know why are you offering me this package? Like, what is that really going to do for me? How is that really going to transform my business? And if you don't know, I'm not going to trust you. So I really need you to be an authority about this particular thing and for your offers to reflect that authority. Finally, babe, number 10 is the self-belief to sell, right? This is a bit related to the last one, but self-belief to sell is, is so key if you don't believe that your offers are the shit, then they're not going to sell. And one of the reasons why you are struggling maybe with your service offerings is because you don't actually believe that they're very good and you don't believe that your clients really need them and you don't necessarily understand why your clients need them. And so you're really struggling to sell them and therefore you don't talk about them and you rarely mention them and you don't certainly don't talk about the price or even you, maybe you do do all of that but actually you don't really deep down have the confidence and belief in your offers. And so again, I really think that that can make such a massive difference to ultimately how successful your business is. If you are trying to make money selling something you don't 100% believe in or you don't 100% understand, let's face it, like if you've just decided you're going to do copywriting, for example, but you don't actually understand the process of copywriting and the expertise and the like really deep shit that goes into copywriting and why clients need it, then it's going to be harder to sell. And they're going to, you know, potential clients might go elsewhere because that real sort of like trust factor is missing. All right. This has been 10 offer strategy mistakes to avoid. I've loved this topic so, so much. I feel like this episode is definitely going to have got you thinking and made you realize that maybe there are a few things you can tweak in your offer strategy yourself. But if you're thinking, yes, seals, that's great. But actually, I don't think I necessarily can do that. I've tried it before. It didn't work. I just, I'm just really stuck on this. Then I am now enrolling for Office Suite Oracle in the VIP and the group. Just quickly explain the difference. So Office Suite Oracle is my amazing experience program for you to come in and build your Office Suite from scratch with me. Uh, it's a self-paced, evergreen experience. So we have weekly group calls 
but the whole course is online and you can just do it in your own time. And it's very, very like specific, structured. This is not death by video, I promise you. And the calls are going to really help you give that support. And also because I love really giving you that personalized experience, you will get personalized feedback on your offer suite once you've built it. So you can send it through to me and I will give you some feedback on your offers, which is so exciting when they come through. In the VIP experience, if you're like, no, I don't want to do it self-placed. I don't want to watch all the videos. I'm, I'm more of a kind of one-on-one gal. If you want to work with me one-on-one, if you want more of a direction and, and a bespoke strategy from me directly, you can go for the VIP option. And that is exactly the same content. You'll get the same content as you get in the group. You will have access to the course and all the pieces of the program, and you'll have access to the group calls, but you will get the intensive. You'll get two 90-minute sessions with me. You can either have them back to back or over a couple of days, and we will work on your offer strategy. And we also do some peripheral business strategy in there as well. That experience is amazing if you are just like you just want to get it done, right? You don't necessarily want to do it over a number of weeks. You actually want to get this solved now. And a lot of my clients do choose that option because this is a, you know, it's kind of like holding them back from doing a lot of other things. So the VIP option might also be for you as well. All the details are in the show notes. If you want to go and check that out, I would love to see you in there. And if you have any questions about the program or anything else along those lines, then give me a shout, babe. 